0: It breaks when you run in this on the spot beat to break me but you round nature dance to make it through just do in the black box coming
1: now what's up it's friday august 23rd 2019 and welcome to this week's Edition of the FritzCast. How's everybody doing? Earlier this week, on Monday, actually, I uh, got to sit down with Ed's World Podcast. You can find that on uh, a plethora of of sites. Ed's World is is on iTunes. It's on YouTube. I should say Apple Podcasts is what it is. It's Apple Podcasts. And a host of other places. You can watch it on YouTube and uh BitChute and uh a ton of other sites. I sat down and uh had a had a very long <laughs> discussion uh with uh, host Jay Edgar. Very interesting, very informative, second time doing an interview of, of, of sorts, and uh very uh they're very fun to do, they're very fun to talk to people, get into uh different perspectives and things of that nature. Really love doing it uh, I've done Two shows now Steven Ignoramus, Call Me Ignorant And uh, Jay Eggers Ed's World And I implore I implore you to check out Both of their shows uh, And the content that they put out I should say multiple shows Because somebody like Steven Ignoramus Does like Hours and hours of content a day I don't know how that guy does it He's a machine <laughs> And uh, on Ed's World, the uh, among the topics we talked about were the Philadelphia shooting, which I, I think I brushed up on lightly uh, last episode. Don't quite remember if I did or not, but uh, I know, I, I believe I did, because I believe I talked about madness in, in these uh, shootings that go on. Uh, so I'm more than willing to bet to say that I did. And uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about 2020, Andrew Yang. Talked about Kamala Harris. Talked about other Democratic uh, hopefuls in the 2020 race. We talked about Jeffrey Epstein a little bit. Uh, and the, the Jeffrey Epstein saga is going to be... I love the way that Jay Egger put it. He said, point blank, uh, Jeffrey Epstein is this generation's JFK, almost. Um, that's how much... That's how much that's going to go on and how many more conspiracy theories will come out Revolving around Jeffrey Epstein and what really happened in that jail cell You're going to see so many different theories and angles And and uh, conspiracies wrapped up into one with that And uh, I personally, I can't wait for the movie I hope that they pick the right person to play, Jeffrey Epstein And I hope they shine light on all the controversial angles Not just like one or two, but like the entire picture uh, because, I mean, thus far, I, I, I find it hard to, I still find it hard to believe the official story. Still, when you ask me, what's the conspiracy or what's the best conspiracy, my answer is the story that's being pushed in the media constantly, consistently. That is just gold. Just gold. So, So, it was fun to do that earlier this week and uh as far as the rest of this week has gone uh relatively smoothy uh, smoothie relatively smoothy i could use a smoothie right about now shoot um relatively smooth and uh mostly uneventful which doesn't bother me in the slightest uh of course, I have not updated the database blog yet. Maybe I'll do that tonight or tomorrow or in the next couple of days. Um, it's hard to do that when you and your wife pretty much wake up just uh, acting like kids in the backseat of the car going, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? That's uh, that's where we're at with that. <laughs> we wake up every day and we're like, "Oh, it's just a matter of days now. <laughs> and uh, it keeps going that way. It it still keeps going that way, and uh, it's been an amazing journey. It's been an amazing yeah, just, just time. We're at like 38 weeks now, and so much, it, it's like so much happens, and at the same time, so little happens, all at once. I mean, to me, there's been different milestones, there, I mean... Uh, seeing a heartbeat during ultrasounds and then seeing uh, seeing the heartbeat, feeling kicks, seeing, like, 3D imaging of your baby's face, having a baby shower, uh, cleaning up your house and preparing and then buying all this stuff that you need to take care of a child. Um, really... Truly baffling sometimes. But that's all good fun, and that'll probably get to probably throw an update in the database blog for that forthcoming. Keep your eyes peeled. Speaking of like, uh, s- speaking of what seems like a short amount of time and, and a large amount of time, we're getting ready for Democratic debates coming up again, and uh. There's some criticism to have about that. But think about the July 18th, 2016, I did an episode that featured one of the people that is currently in the Democratic field right now. And I said I was going to bring this up. I'm going to bring it up now, and I'm probably going to splice it down to a, a, a video clip or something that I can put on the Twitter to tease this episode. Uh, but, you know, it's funny how people can be so... Incredibly behind Bernie Sanders When in 2016 Remember Hillary Clinton Looked like she had it all but in the bag And it, Bernie Sanders went around with uh, Some pretty staunch rhetoric About how he was going to fight on the floor of the DNC And uh, Hillary Clinton didn't have this one yet And superdelegates were bad and all that And seemingly this year In this discussion right now Probably because we haven't had primary elections or anything yet But uh, this year it has not been a talking point whatsoever at all About all those criticisms we had against the DNC back in 2016 But this was Bernie Sanders in 2016, in July So practically a little over three years ago
0: Our campaign the primaries and caucuses in 22 states.
1: Hey, and damn when right the we roll did.
0: call at the Democratic National Convention is announced, it will show that we won almost 1,900 delegates. That's right. Feel the burn. Feel the burn, baby. Far more than almost anyone thought we could win,
1: and way more than Hillary Clinton thought.
0: But it is not enough Wait, to what? win the nomination. What? No. Secretary Clinton Wait. goes into the convention with 389 more pledged delegates than we have, and a lot more super delegates. Yeah,
1: super delegates. We got to flip those super delegates to us, right? Right, Bernie? Yeah. Boo, Secretary Clinton. Boo.
0: Secretary Clinton has won the Democratic nominating process.
1: No. No. You stop it right now, Bernie. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Feel the burn. We can still we can still do this. Come on.
0: I congratulate her for that. No. Mm, no. No. Please God, no. She will be the Democratic nominee for president. No. And I intend to do everything I can to make certain she will be the next president of the United oh, States. Oh, please God, no.
1: I mean, even, even good old JR is upset. Listen.
0: Can that human being be from this planet? How many? Does he have no conscience? Does he have no heart? Do you have no soul? you son sort of a bitch. Do you realize what you've just
1: done? I still, you know, I'm, I made myself laugh with that episode. I really did. I made myself laugh. I hope that I produced some yucks out of you, some chuckles right there, just, just for remembering <laughs> when people adamantly get behind Bernie Sanders like this time is different and this time it's going to work. I just can't. I just can't, you know. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez highlights, a, you know, a, a, in a in a tweet that I had to respond to, which I know she doesn't read my um answers, you know. But she put out a tweet ...saying, quote, I see Fox News is big mad about abolishing the Electoral College, so let's talk about it. Number one, if the GOP were the, quote, silent majority they claim, they wouldn't be so scared of a popular vote. They know they aren't the majority. They rely on establishing minority rule for power. And this goes back to, uh, I think I've echoed this several episodes, but Trump had nearly 63 million votes... Clinton had nearly 66 million votes. The actual margin of difference between their votes is 2,868,686. Which, uh, if you're not willing to concede, is negligible. I don't know how we can talk at, at this point about it. Because just just knock their numbers down. Just knock their numbers down. for For... Easier sake of argument Let's just say Trump was at 60 million And Hillary was at Nearly 63 million In fact, give her the same Margin of difference Of the two million eight hundred Some odd votes You have two big groups Of people that disagree with each other That's what you have That's what you have in this system The 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 talking point of the left is always, well, if we had the popular vote, we would, have, we would have won the election by our 2 million pesky votes, our nearly 3 million votes. But that's it. That's a handful of people when you're talking about 60-ish million to 60-ish million. And nobody, nobody is seemingly willing, is seemingly willing to concede that just because you have a simple majority— Of that few That therefore Your side, your ideas Your policies that you're going to push Are better It's really idiotic And it's really idiotic that people put this much Faith and credence Into the federal government Because it's the federal government The federal government Has now expanded massively Overbloated To the degree That it can affect your individual personal life On a level that you're scared to death of Who's in the hot seat You're scared to death of Donald Trump In the hot seat That is very telling that The left's answer The progressive's answer to this Is always seemingly larger More expansive government Just with the quote Right people elected And it bypasses the whole fact That a lot of people voted against them in 2016 Granted not more that voted for them But almost as much that voted for them Voted against them That's that breakdown That's the breakdown when we talk about the popular vote And I haven't necessarily been a champion of the Electoral College. I haven't been one behind the microphone talking about the Electoral College has to remain intact and that we cannot evolve the way that we handle things. Never said that. Never once said that. In fact, I believe if we go back into my episodes of four-plus years ago, We actually might have some naivety of me agreeing with the whole popular vote thing And I have quickly become against that Because of of several different factors But I've been turned on to other ideas of voting I'm not an electoral college absolutist In any stretch of the imagination But I am also vehemently against Strictly popular vote uh, Because The thinking of it The line of thinking that that promotes it Is one of political expediency And nothing more It's not about It's not really about Doing what's best for the majority of the people When those people are split 50-50 over it Damn near 50-50 over it it, it goes off of this irrational argument that just because more people agree with you or more people like you, that you therefore are the correct route, that your ideas are the right ideas, that your ideas are the moral ideas. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But that's, that's on voting. That's on voting and majorities and a bunch of other stuff. Today, just today alone, there's uh there's been two rather breaking stories that have dominated the press today, and it's it's kind of sickened me with social media and with how people are. Uh one is David Koch, famed half of the Koch brothers duo. Which actually there's more than just him and his brother. There's there's another brother, and the Koch family is rather large. But he's the the famed-slash-infamous half of the Koch brothers. And he passed away, 79 years old. And Twitter, social media, the political dialogue of right now is some of reverence and revering the guy because, face it, he was a rich man who did a lot of philanthropy work and also fueled... A lot of political causes with his money On the flip side We have had A story break About Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg Having Completed some treatments For a You know, tumor I believe it was uh, On her pancreas Or Or Pancreatic cancer And The sad Similarity between The two stories This is a huge takeaway too The sad similarity between the two stories Is the inhumanity Of People Now I'm not sitting here I don't think I'm sitting here uh, Angelicizing David Koch or demonizing Ruth Bader Ginsburg They're both people They both have positive qualities They both have uh, influence and negative qualities I'm absolutely sure of it But when people are tiptoeing to dance on other people's graves it's ju- It baffles my mind it baffles my mind that uh, that this is what it comes down to. I've I've read more than uh, more than my fair share of dozens and dozens of tweets about how David Koch was an asshole, about how he didn't care about anybody, about how his donations to medical sciences and other institutions mean literally jack all because he was just a rich, powerful guy who was quote unquote. Trying to destroy the environment, wreck health care for a nation, and so on and so forth. And then you get the same thing with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, by the way, you got people who are talking about how she has no respect for constitutionality of law and uh, and is such a activist, liberal judge, and both both disgusting tweets on both of these people for real. Disgusting tweets about David Koch being dead and not caring about the fact that he has passed away and not caring a damn bit about any shred of good that the guy may have done versus people (laughs) ready and waiting to piss all over Ruth Bader Ginsburg if and when she passes for the same thing. And it's very disgusting. It's very disgusting to see it become such a, you know, people can't even s- suspend their disdain and political differences of people even for five minutes, even just to keep cooth and not put something out there. I mean, it's David Koch and it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Neither one of them are, you know, neither one of them are freaking Hitler, all right? Literally, neither one of them are freaking Hitler. So, pump your brakes, and it really irked me it It really irked me. I put out a tweet about how <laughs> I put out a tweet about how I feel like uh once everybody dies, their worst tweet that they ever sent, and when I say worst, I'm not talking about you know the 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 worst reacted tweet or whatever I'm talking about the literally the worst content tweet that they put out, whether it was mean spirited. Or just vile That should have to be plastered on their tombstones And then that way we can read What their worst tweet was And we can just judge each other By how much of a dick we were You know, I mean, for real People Get so tied up In politics In Some of the other things that They don't even bother to see the perspectives They don't even bother to research and figure out the differences of, of where their opinions may have even formed on this stuff. Some people only go to their echo chamber sources for information when that time comes to build a case for their argument because because you have to be right, obviously. The whole point of arguing is being right. The whole point of arguing is, is getting... You know, 65 million votes versus 62 million votes Because if you have the 65 million votes, then obviously you were right It's just very disparaging, to say the least Reading from the Wall Street Journal on David Koch Quote, he donated more than $1.3 billion of his fortune to charity Including gifts to the State Theater of New York at the Lincoln Center Uh, New York Presbyterian Hospital, and the Metropolitan Museum of Art, all in Manhattan. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 1992, and in recent years suffered from deteriorating health. Uh, Over decades, he funneled some of his largest donations to cancer research, most notably to Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in Manhattan, and his alma mater, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Cambridge, Massachusetts, In speaking of his philanthropy, Mr. Koch described himself in interviews with the Wall Street Journal as a sugar daddy for charitable causes with a moral obligation to give. He preferred to donate his money to outstanding institutions rather than use it on buying a bigger house or $150 million painting. I really wanted to put my money to work, making the world a better place, he said. Now, some people will call that BS. Some people will say that he only did it for publicity, and some people will say that he did rather nefarious things countering some of the things that he was donating to, politically speaking. Politically speaking, it's not like he was a... It's not like the Republicans were all that fond of him for all his socially liberal standards, including same-sex marriage, uh, a woman's right to choose... Among other things. And he wasn't well liked by liberals for his socially, for his, not socially, for his fiscal drive for limited government and financial responsibility. Needless to say, when somebody passes at 79 years old, and they have, at least under their belt, $1.3 billion in donations to various causes under their belt. I find it hard to just immediately be happy at his death, at his demise. But to each their own, I suppose. Same thing with uh, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I can't stand all you people out there who will jump on the old woman who has been rather sick for for a while now. And just just stop. Just stop being dicks to each other for once. For once stop being dicks. How about that? Now, on to who has qualified for the third Democratic debate so far. So far, we're not we're not entirely done figuring out who's going to be in it yet. But it's set for Thursday, September 12th, and September 13th, only if more than 10 candidates qualify. So far, there's only 10 that qualify for this debate, and the requirements to qualify in this debate is 2% in four polls and 130,000 donors to your campaign. It should also be noted that uh, we have more dropouts now. We had Seth Moulton. Don't know who he is. <laughs> drop out of the debate, or drop out of um, the race. Which I, I don't. He wasn't even featured in any of the debates. He didn't cut. He didn't make the cut for any of the debates. Eric Swalwa was the first to drop out. Uh, Jay Inslee dropped out, and so did Hickenlooper. So as of right now, the people qualified for this debate are, in alphabetical order, Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Pete uh Castro, I cannot remember Castro's first name, and I don't want to be rude and say Fidel, uh, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobacher, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Andrew Yang. That means Tulsi Gabbard, as of right now, is not in. Marianne Williamson, as of right now, is not in. She would be the more entertaining option to have in this, in this mix. Just to see what the next crazed hashtag would be out of her. But ten candidates so far, and it's hard for me. I do want Tulsi in that mix. Out of all the people that aren't in, which there's still a laundry list of names that we could go through, Tulsi Gabbard I would like in. Because she challenges and pushes people like Kamala Harris, for example uh, And calls them out on hypocrisy If she can't make this cut I'll be a little upset watching the next debate Because out of this bunch The only people I really have respect for is Andrew Yang And Pete Booty Judge a little bit Needless to say that, even though I wish Tulsi was in, this is still too crowded a field for the Democrats to even to even be continuing in this circus. If they want to take on Donald Trump, they gotta narrow that down hardcore. The last analysis I read from somebody was that it seems that Biden and Sanders and uh Warren are the front runners and the showdown's going to come to them that's the last analytical point i read on this still to this date and i even said it on ed's world on monday joe biden still leads that pack far and f- by a sizable margin still leads that pack needless to or, or, needless to say regardless of that uh At least it'll be a little less maddening if we don't have two debates. (laughs) I would like—I really would like Tulsi Gabbard to qualify. Maybe Marianne Williamson and maybe Christian—or maybe Kristen Gillibrand. Just so that they would be forced to split the debates to another two-header. Uh, just because then it would be about six people on stage for a debate, and that's far better than ten on one stage. Honestly, if it's ten, I like. I, I honest God, I don't know why they don't just split it in half and do five and five. Get some real answers out of this. Get some real stances. Get some real perspective out of these candidates, rather than the last. Two debates, which was really four debates... ...because it was split up into two nights... ...with ten candidates each each night. And it was a cluster... ...of crap. If they could split it down again... five and five, six and six, whatever... ...it's a little bit better. And maybe leads to some substance... ...even though... ...a lot of their talking points... ...a lot of their philosophy I don't agree with... ...I want to hear what exactly it is, and why they think that that's best. And we're not getting that in this debate format. You're not getting that in this debate format. That's why so many people have filled out, uh, not an application, but what's the word I'm thinking of, a petition for Joe Rogan to host a presidential debate, because at least Joe Rogan would be far and removed from the spectacle and the nonsense that, news media puts on tv for these things. That being said, that's all I got to talk about today. That's all I that's all I got in me today. Uh because of, you know, so many things going on at home, you guys know where my mind is versus where it should be when I do the program. Uh but I thank you guys for listening. All right, you can catch me on Twitter at FritzQS. Facebook.com slash the Fritzcast, at gmail.com. If you want to email me directly, be sure to check out Jay Egger and Ed's World. I was on it on Monday. Check that out for more of me. Check out my buddy Stephen Ignoramus and everybody at Freedom Scoop. Freedom Scoop is a great collection of people and of content. Check those guys out. Check out Brian Nichols of The Brian Nichols Show. He actually interviewed Steffi Cole, who is a very interesting and influential person in the liberty movement on Twitter right now. I highly implore you to check out that episode because it was a doozy to listen to this morning before I had the opportunity to record my podcast today. And guys, maybe I'll be seeing you next week. Maybe I will. I might not, though. You never know. We're really up in the air and territory now, but just remember, I love you guys. And if I can't see you next week, I will see you eventually when I see you.